All right, ladies and gentlemen, you might be uh, not quite recognizing this voice yet. It's me, Josh, the new guy, still on trial. I'm filling in as intro host uh, for Sean. He's he's absent tonight. He had uh, other more exciting commitments, apparently. So just me tonight hosting. And then we've got uh, Jobber, as usual. And yeah, oh, yeah Job. Yeah, yep. you know, I'm good. 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 Nice, nice, uh, nice start there. Sean told me he got called up to the Euros. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think... Uh, <laughs> Phil Foden got got injured uh, training, and so he's just slotting in there. Got bleach in his eye. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's dangerous. And we've also got uh, Sam, of course, a regular now. Hey, how you going, how you going Josh? Yeah, no, I'm good, thanks. Oh, so, uh, uh, yeah, as the founding <laughs> member, I don't know if I call you a regular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His name's on Spotify. I'll, I'll, I'd, I'd pay that. As, as as the biggest critic of the show, I think <laughs> I'm a regular now, <laughs> and number one fan. Right, exactly. So, the, the flavor of the pod, I'll just touch on. Yeah, we're just going to go over some weekly happenings. There's a, a little bit of random stuff coming out of the internet. Uh, we're going to go over our European Euro predictions and then a bit of a preview of the first uh, match day this weekend. So uh, I'll toss over to you, Job, for uh, yeah, weekly thank happenings. You. Thank you. It's been a tough week with all the friendlies going on. They really do not get the heart racing at all. Um, no. So it's been a bit a weird and wonderful week. So, Barney, I know you're very passionate about this one. So Villa have signed Buendina. Am I saying that correctly? I know your Spanish is slightly better than mm, mine. No, you're incorrect again. Yeah, I thought uh, so. So he, he's come across from, from Norwich and he's going to, he's picked Villa over Arsenal. The old Emiliano Martinez move, isn't it? Yeah, smart man, this one. Um yeah, Buendia's signed, I think it was for about 35 million pounds, I think maybe, 32. He was one of the best players in the championship last year and a lot of people were surprised he didn't actually go the year before when Norwich got relegated. So Norwich were lucky to hang on to him um, and made, made a nice tidy little sum off him and very good signing for Villa, I think. They're sort of really rounding out that squad and getting a bit more creativity in there to take a bit of pressure off Grealish. Player of the year in the championship last year. <laughs> He was player. I wasn't sure if he actually won it, but he was definitely one of the best. Yeah, he looks like a really good signing. So um, the other one's one close to my heart. So the Venezuela-Uruguay <laughs> game. So I, as you boys probably know, it doesn't come a world cro- doesn't come across well on a podcast. But I am a unit. Um, but talk me through, <laughs> talk me through the referee in this game. Well, it actually looks kind of like like from the the neck down to about the waist. I'd say it's very similar <laughs> uh, resemblance to yourself. <laughs> but uh, maybe maybe our viewers can uh, can see that for themselves when we go to a video recording of the podcast one day, and that'll be a real treat for the eyes. But yeah, I think to be honest, I, I did watch a bit of this game, uh, like kind of an extended highlight package, and I deeply regret watching that. Aside from the referee at the start of the game blowing the whistle, um, that was that was the highlight of the entire entire match. It was a very disappointing game overall. So what, what do you do with the whistle? Talk, talk me through this. No, just the start of just the start of the game. It wasn't so much how he blew the whistle; it's just his his stature as he did it. <laughs> Check the screenshot, job. It's he's huge. Uh, yeah, I, 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 it, it's so disproportionate. It seems like. like he's quite a large man, but like his arms still seem disproportionate to the rest of his body. Like he's huge, and then watching him trying to run around on the field was pretty pretty funny. Yeah, honestly, that that really hits close to home. Um, so next one, Barney. So this is again close to your heart. So Poch Watch is well, you can do the Poch Watch, but it's going to be in Paris. Um, <laughs> yeah, the segment continues. It might be one of the last segments. So what has happened over the since our last episode is that nothing. Um, no, no, big, big, uh, big things have happened. So. We're rumoured to be very close to signing uh, a new manager in that of Paolo Fonseca. 
So a guy who wasn't in the first 10 on the list, I think. He might be lucky number 11. Um, he's come from – he's previously coached Shakhtar Donetsk and uh, he also just finished up coaching at Roma. Yeah, just mm. got the sack finished. Yeah, up. that's much like Mourinho. So we've sort of we've done the old Romanian swap there, and we've just swapped uh, um, Mourinho for Fonseca. Just a straight swap there. And if you, I don't know if you guys caught the uh, their stats from last. I was going to bring that up. Yeah, the they, comparison that makes so sense Roma now. and Spurs essentially had the exact same year in terms of wins, losses, draws, point points for, uh, goals for, goals against were slightly different. Um, but yeah, it's unbelievable how close the stats were. So the only reason his name rings bell outside of the very mediocre season that Roma had, um, is that he actually forced them into forfeiting a game because he fielded too many subs. He actually put on six substitutes and they got kicked out of the Copa Italia. Oh, that's rough. I feel like the officiators should should have caught that. That's kind of on them, isn't it? If you can well, slip six through, then good on you. But <laughs> you should what's get the point of paying the next round? What's the point of paying an entire fourth official whose one job is to just just count to ten? You know how Pe- and he can't you know, even do that. Pep Guardiola sitting in the stand being like, well, "Let's see how this plays out." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if I can get away with this, yeah. I'll go for seven. Increase we're, the transfer we're, budget. We're, we're actually yeah. signing him for his attention to detail, so that's good. But um, <laughs> well, yeah. no, he's. I think one of the uh, one apparently one of the big reasons he's uh, suddenly shut up the list. Well, one is because Petrarchi no really <laughs> Petrarchi really likes him, and uh, another one is that he works very well with a tight budget. So Levy, that's a massive tick for Levy. <laughs> he can go, oh, you got twenty mil to spend, <laughs> and you need sixty tick. players. <laughs> <laughs> have you have you heard of a free transfer? Oh, so that'll be good too. But um, the managerial merry-go-round continues as well. So, Halsey, one of your favourites, Maurizio Sarri. So um, you've based your lifestyle off him and he's taken over at Lazio. Yeah, I took up smoking because of this guy. <laughs> as in smoking or eating? <laughs> yeah, I'd say chewing, yeah, chewing cigarettes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, both. Just, uh, just for the look. So how far off is Jorginho for signing? <laughs> for Lazio? <laughs> yeah. Number one. Yeah, they need a good penalty taker, I guess. So that could really help their their goal scoring ability. But uh, yeah, I guess it's a good sign, and we'll have to we'll have to wait and see. I'm not real uh, to be honest. I'm not really a huge Sari uh, follower, but uh, I reckon good, like, good football. You don't like, th- you don't like the Sari ball? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's fine. Just uh, never really followed his career outside of Chelsea, to be honest. He used to be a banker. <laughs> he was a banker. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I think yeah, he'll be good to Lazio, though. No, it should be good, but it'll be interesting to see how they go. I think it'll be very predictable in about six months' time. But obviously he had a horrible time at Juve. Um, he did. And he I did. imagine his lungs are towards the end of it, so it'll be interesting to see how the season goes and if he makes it to the end of the season. I think um, he'll be able to start smoking again, though, in the dugout. Isn't that allowed in the Italian league, I think? And Olimpico is a long way from the yeah, stands yeah, as well. Yeah, they so got, maybe they got the athletics can, track. Yeah, go into the athletics track and punch a burner out the back. <laughs> yeah. um, all right, so the big news this week, and I think this is why Sean is absent, is Phil Foden. So he's bringing back Gaz's 96 haircut. So everyone's like, oh, look, we don't want to put too much pressure on our youngsters, blah, blah, blah. Go get the haircut of probably the most spectacular failure in English football history. Well, I think that's why Sean's actually missing the podcast. We didn't want to reveal it to our listeners until later on, but he's actually getting the same haircut as Phil Foden. <laughs> I wish he was the Ronaldo the... as well, but and just had yeah. the front bleach. Isn't he dead? It came up picking out his favorite bowl. <laughs> yeah. Get the lines just right. Real so deep what do, one. what do you think, Barney? Because I know you're quite the fashionista. What do you think of it? I mean, you can see what I'm wearing, so you know that's true. <laughs> uh, I think, look, 
if uh, now that everyone's already linked it to Gaza, I think it's not a good thing because it's going to then start to bring undue pressure onto Foden. I think so, that's what he wants. You're actually, I don't that's know. why he did the haircut. But what about the flashbacks in the for Gareth Southgate? Like he's yeah, yeah, penalties ninety six. Oh, is that Gaza? Oh, not again. <laughs> like, yeah, it's fine for Foden. It's it's going to absolutely rattle Southgate, and yeah, yeah that that could really do some and harm. Foden, ha- Foden hasn't got the a drinking ability of Gaza to no <laughs> player these you know, fill days those shoes. No. <laughs> so There's I think age. I think Gareth's going to be sweating bullets um, at the Croatia game, just being like, oh no, not this all over again. But we'll yeah. see what happens. So um, speaking of getting on the beers, so Declan Rice came out this week and said he will have a beer. If England win the Euros, he's never had a beer before. Oh, really? Yeah. What a vodka, oh, vodka lime soda. I d- well, I didn't like. I didn't read much further than that. He's like, I've never had a beer. I wasn't like. I wish someone in the press gallery had been like, "Oh, what about these other drinks?" Um, but no, he just <laughs> we said, stop he's, every single alcoholic <laughs> he, said, he said he'll have a beer if England win the Euros. Pina colada, large one. Large one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, so next, the, the next one, the next one's um, a very special one. So did any of you see Marco Bielsa coaching the under 11s? Was it Leeds under 11s? I think it was, yeah. Or in that oh, good on him. He just loves football, doesn't he? And you know straight away he's like, oh, I understand your kid's got personality, but we're going to play three five two. Calvin Phillips is going to be at the top of the Christmas pudding. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I think what's wasn't he say? Wasn't he like um, he was uh, like winding him up, being like, "If you don't perform, I'm going to drag you off or something." As well, yeah. he, was like, he was like getting into him. Like eleven, mate. Can't He's be. got them all sleeping at the training ground as well with the first team. Yeah, the pods <laughs> straight into it. But I think it's good to see. Um, he really has just became part of the furniture there. So next one, Halsey, Yarn Oblak named La Liga MVP. Yeah, it kind of came out of nowhere. Um, I was just sort of trolling the internet earlier today and I saw that one. I thought, yeah, I guess I hadn't really paid attention to who was uh, one of the better players in La Liga, but I guess it's deserved. I mean, they won the league. He's a good goalkeeper. So I got no arguments there. I don't know what you guys think about that. In a very defensively minded team, he is yeah. the, probably the best defender in that team. So, he, uh, yeah, I think it's not a huge like stretch to think he could win it. Um, I think it's still always interesting when a keeper wins an uh, MVP of a league, but yeah, I don't think he it's undeserved. It's good to see. I think yeah. they, don't, they don't get it that often, so it's better than like a, a striker is a bit obvious, number ten's a bit obvious. So you he's, like to he's see- a he's a genuine shot stopper as well. Like yeah. he's not like a sweeper keeper at all. No, he's, he's not like a ball player. He, yeah, ball, yeah, I like big that. Shots. I, yeah, I yeah. like my keeper to stop shots as, as a first thing. If you can hold them, that's nice. If you can kick, that's nice. But just yeah. get your body behind it. That's the main thing. Well, he's doing that and taking out the uh, MVP. Very American award. Um, all right, so <laughs> oh, yeah, that was, that was my is... translation. Sorry about that. Antoine Griezmann. So he's been in the news this week twice for non-footballing matters. The first one is he was actually the manager of Newcastle United in Football Manager. Did you see this? <laughs> oh, I did yeah, see a little bit about that. He's a, he's, a, he's a full gamer. Didn't he bring in Mbappe into yeah. his Newcastle United <laughs> team? Or he sold yeah. him or something? He said that he sold him for a massive fee. <laughs> <laughs> he had Mbappe in the team. I don't know why he goes Newcastle, but he did. But he was also announced as an ambassador for Yu-Gi-Oh! trading card game. Yeah, I didn't want to look too much more into that. Just just thought I'd grab the headline. It's a bit of an interesting one. But I guess that, that ties into the fact that, he, like you said, he's a bit. Of, he's apparently he's a huge gamer, I guess. Yeah. Of all sorts, digital and analog. So he, he might, he might, be, he might be a bit of a gamer, but it's like I didn't think Yugo was splashing the cash on marketing these days and signing up someone like it's a resurgence. Yeah, or, uh, yeah, maybe I, maybe I, maybe they're just off huge, too soon. Yeah, in the international market, maybe they're way bigger, like in Spain, than we realized. Maybe 
Oh, yeah. Well, I'll be sure to put that on the list of things to do. Um, so, look, let's move into the opening question, boys. So, obviously, there's been some success in the past with octopuses putting tips in. Paul. Um, Paul the octopus, yep. And I believe he's passed, so maybe take a moment to think about that. But mm, eight seconds. That got, me, that got me thinking. I was like, which animal should be doing the predictions for Euro 2020 and why? Barney, I'll pass to you first. Well, I thought of a – there was a few. I, I When I was looking up different animals, I saw obviously saw Paul the octopus, RIP. Uh, I also saw one that I'd never heard of before, but apparently was a bit of a, bit of a, bit of fame on the internet, was Predictoroo the kangaroo. Oh, really? That mm. was an interesting one. But I thought one to go in line with UEFA as an organization is a jellyfish because like UEFA, they are spineless. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, that. mate, that's, that is libelous. <laughs> yeah, allegedly. We have to read that. Yeah, good, good save. So yeah. that, that that would be my pick for the uh, and when you probably get one hundred percent right. So do you think the would they be pushing the balls out or dragging the balls in? Ooh, I think jellyfish. Just, <laughs> they'd be dragging them and hiding them, wouldn't they? I think you'd just be putting them out there and seeing what he does with it. Yeah. All right, Josh. What do you got? Yeah, so I, seeing as I'm filling in for uh, Sean tonight, I thought it was only appropriate that I pick a, an animal or, or two animals potentially that, that he would have gone with. So I think one would be uh, actually it's three animals, three lions. Three lions. Uh, I thought he'd be as <laughs> a point of national pride. Where, where are you going to find? Where are you going to find three lions? And then where are you going to find three lions that will work together <laughs> to, to put the balls in? Well, yeah. So that that's that's the that's the thing though. The lines aren't actually working together. They've all got like a shirt of a Nash, of a team. You're gonna need to get three lines for each group, and basically they're gonna fight it out to see which of the top three ranked teams are gonna make it out of that group. So you're writing off a team straight away from the group. Yeah, like your Hungarys, your Finlands, your Mount North Macedonias. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Belgiums. So um, that, or or maybe just to keep it a bit more friendly for the kids, just a fox. Have you ever seen a fox, a fox? They're not friendly with children. <laughs> oh, like one that's domesticated, obviously. <laughs> all those domesticated um, foxes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. I so I, I had a similar train of thought to you, Barney, and um, my thinking was FIFA would get involved and I was like, what's the <laughs> most untrustworthy animal that I know that's only out for itself? So I've gone for a black herring make daytime night. So this is a funny looking black <laughs> bird that apparently can cover itself and turn not a day into night and hide everything. So I am of the opinion that all the balls will go missing. There'll be a bunch of cash out the back. And <laughs> this un- the most untrustworthy animal in the world is going to do the picking for us because they already know the result. Yeah. <laughs> I like that one. There was a good video on that uh, that animal in a BBC documentary. It turns daytime to nighttime. Very yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Worth only for itself, just so it's yeah, aware. Not, itself, not yeah. the world. Yeah. 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 Just so no one, no one can see what's magic. going on. Yeah. <laughs> Um, all right, so look, let's get into it. So we've got some predictions that we're going to touch on here, aren't we? Yep. Yeah, so uh, I'll, uh, I'll be taking over this segment. Um, and just like Potch Watch, it'll be the most exciting segment of the show. <laughs> so, yeah, we've, <laughs> we've, done, some, we've done some <clears throat> very typical predictions for Euros. Uh, just to run through the categories quickly, we've got winner, runner-up, Dark Horse, which we've managed to get some actual Dark Horses out of this. Uh, Golden Boot, MVP or Best Player of the Tournament. Uh, Implosion or Team that will have the biggest failure. And Interesting Event. So something unusual that might happen at the tournament that would not be expected. So we'll kick off with Winner. uh, And I'll start with Jobber's pick. So he's gone with Italy. And Josh has also gone with Italy. (laughs) Yep. It's a no-brainer. Form Would you like us to justify that pick? 
Well, give me give me one little point of life. Gone, <laughs> you go first, Job. I've got my uh, reasons. I've got two, and they're both under five words. One, form. Two, <laughs> Mancini's tan. Yep. Yep. I got, I'll add a third to that. It's kind of like, it's it's related to it's not just the form that did it for me. I've actually caught quite a few of their their highlights over the past. Was it 2018? They've only lost two games. Was it? Yeah. So obviously that form speaks for itself. But the uh, the manner in which they've been playing when I've actually watched the games has been really good. They look. I think the embarrassment of not making the the last World Cup has really got to them nationally, and so they're sort of on a bit of a war path. They look really just triggered. It seems like that they've like. And over the two years that I've been sort of watching those qualifiers, it seems like they had a plan. Yeah. Like they had a plan mm. they started putting in place and now we're like we're at the end of this plan. They look focused. Sort of to this. They do. They look focused and the players know their roles, which I think in international yeah. football can it be like look at Portugal, like there's a bunch of good players, but I'm not sure they know their roles. Yeah. Yeah. Um, whereas yeah. in this team, the players are playing that role. So that's why and I think they'll go Mancini, far. Um, Mancini actually sought out the job as well. Like he was, nah. he really, really wanted the Italian job, and he didn't take a club job specifically so he could get the uh, Italian job. That's huge. So I mean, passion from the top and filters down. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Sean has gone for France. A uh, bit of an easy pick there. Pretty I mean. understandable. Yeah. Yeah. Most yeah. people, yeah, just jump Most on the bandwagon. Most people know nothing about you? football saying that. Yeah, boring. typical, typical. And, and buddy, uh, who have you gone for? <laughs> I've gone for Belgium. Oh, here we yeah, go. also say, yeah. yeah, it's a really yeah. uh, thanks, Coca Cola World Rankings. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> not a sponsor. Right, yeah, we'll Why get- Belgium, Sam? Entertain me here. I I just think it's it's uh, it's set up for a, a Belgium win. I think they're just such a well rounded squad. And I was looking at their like even their attacking side of the team, and just like like oh, De Bruyne might be out for a few games, but you look at who's coming in for him, and it's it's such a solid squad and. I think they will physically dominate a lot of teams as well. And Lukaku is in the form of his life. True. Um, and so I think it's it's sort of – I know in 2018 World Cup, everyone was sort of like, oh, this is their year. If they don't get it now, then they've got to start a bit of a rebuild. But I think they've still got a chance this year. Even their back line with like um, – it's pretty old with it's the old. Tongan, old world and, and Dene is sort of the younger one in there. But I think they're still, they're still very solid, good – Defenders who you know, I think are good enough to go on and win the tournament. Are you getting twenty eighteen out of IL playing, or are you getting twenty twenty out of IL playing? I think I still rate him as a great centre back. I think he was in a he was an average team last year. Mm. Like if you look at if you look at the big defensive errors made last year, ninety five percent of them in Tottenham team were Eric Dyer, Davison Sanchez, um, or Aurier or Regulon. Like yeah, I don't disagree. Was, very few mistakes. So I still think he's a class player. Yeah, I don't um, want to jump ahead too much, but it is interesting. I've actually got Belgium as my implosion team. Yeah, so other, other ends of the scale, but we'll get yeah. there. Calm down, yeah. Josh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so he, here's one that we were like quite balanced on, isn't it? Runner up. So I've got Portugal, Sean's got Portugal, and Sam, you've also got Portugal. Yeah. I think why? the bigger big reason here is why did Josh go against the grain and not go Portugal? Because everyone it was, it was a twofer. Uh, everyone went Portugal, <laughs> and also I think just looking at England squad, I just I, I feel like if they, if they all play well and they don't get succumb to the pressure, then they've they got a really good squad and they could do really well. But I don't see them winning it. Also, so I thought I'd just put them as a runner up. 
and they also habitually bottle it at the Euros. Yeah, so I think <laughs> their best result is to bottle it at the finals. Final. <laughs> I think so they just habitually good. bottle it, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> just, regardless of a tournament, oh, Nations six, League, 66. Oh, 66. Bloody yeah. hell. After after game, he knows. He knows better than anyone. Yeah, so that that's so we're all predicting, except for Josh Oddly, that um, Portugal will be in the finals. I think Portugal, I think Portugal will, will make semis. Though. Yeah, Portugal are very very good team, and they've yeah. got a lot of again another team with a lot of depth. And I know what you're saying, Joe, about like they've got a lot of players where they want to be in the same position, and it might be a bit confusing on who thinks they're starting and who doesn't. But I still think they'll go a long way, and love to see. It would be good to see them go back to back Euro winners, but I don't think they can do it. I don't know if they can get out of the group. Uh, they'll probably finish third. I, I, sorry, they, like one of those teams going to finish third, and they'll probably be one of the teams that go through to the next round, even that third spot. But yeah, it's it's. Well, um, I don't know because like they, like if they lose both those games, they have to beat Hungary, and that only gets them three points. And like other groups are tighter. They would Yeah, have three wouldn't be teams. enough. Like so, three won't be enough. Do you know what yeah, I mean? It's well, gonna, I think it's going to be like pretty hard because they're very losable games. Then why'd you put him as runner-up? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Just felt at the time. All right, we'll move on to the most controversial category of the whole predictions. This took many, many definitions and explanations, specifically to Josh O'Brien, on <laughs> how how to define a dark horse. So I actually had to write out a list of teams that he was not allowed to choose from <laughs> for his dark horse selection. <laughs> And he finally changed to a reasonable pick and one I'll allow, and he's gone with Turkey. I, so, still, don't, I still don't know what a dark horse is. I just didn't pick off the list. I've also gone with Turkey. And uh, Jobber, give us a, one reason why I've gone Turkey. Form of Yilmaz. No, one I, player. I, I think, no, I think there's enough good, solid players in the Turkish team for them to do okay. Like they're, they're seeing, Obviously, Yilmaz is going great guns, and then they've also got Sionchu up the back. And that, that for me, like having two players and in Quebec. good form. And um, <laughs> yeah. two players in good form. He's and a enough, player. Yeah, enough solid players in there that I think they could surprise. And like I know it's a bit stereotypical, but they are a very passionate team. Yeah. Like, but I, and, and I think they can get up for these types of games. I think they're passionate. And I think also like all reports are saying how good the like the 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 um vibe is in the in the camp. They're really yeah. loving being around each other, and they're all they're all the players are coming out and saying like, "Yeah, I really love being in this group. Like, it's a bunch of people that just get along." Do you watch that off well sports preview video as well. Yeah, I've, I've read other reports as well. Yeah, you know, I've one. got my inside sources. But yeah. like Canalog losing there as well. Um, you've got players from the Turkish league who are playing well, which was quite exciting. Uno from Hatafes in there. Like they have they have a bunch of like sort of second tier players that I, I think, think it, can come it, together, and there's no egos. I think the coach yeah. as well. He's the coach is very well respected in Turkey and very well liked by the players, and he's their most successful coach nationally. Um, just come off the back of two uh, two titles in four years, I think, at Besiktas. So, mm. you know, he's um, he's a good coach who's pretty tactically uh, astute as well and can mix the formation up when he needs to. And um, I think, yeah, I think they can go go a long way. What what do we think is like? A success for them or like a dark horse achievement or like quarters? Yeah, what can obviously semis, not I reckon. Semis. Semis. Yeah. It's a mm. high bar. I mm. they could you never know. There's I feel like there's always in these tournaments, there's always a team that sneaks into the semis that is not meant to be there. Champions League. Yeah. Like but they've done it before in a World Cup. Like and yeah, they popped up where they should be. It? Yeah, two thousand and two, I think they mm. lost to South Korea, maybe. And South Korea yeah. were one of those teams too that kind of 
stumbled their way in there. Was that the one with the massive controversy of South oh, Korea yeah. where they Unreal. Them, allegedly paying the referees? Anyway, oh, yeah. uh, we'll touch on uh, Josh's dark horse pick in Scotland. So why do you go with them? I think we, we identified their group as one of those groups where um, a third place team could, could get out of it, uh, like could mm. take four points total. So I, I kind of like them. For the for the reason I sort of explained before the pot is that they're a bit of a bit of a battling team, and so I think if this this sort of last eighteen months has been a real trying time for a lot of a lot of countries, a lot of people, a lot of national teams and their sort of preparation. So I think if anyone can can dig deep and and grind out a result, it's going to be the Scots. The boys on tour. I love yeah. adversity. Yeah, <laughs> maybe even like three draws might do it for them. We'll we'll quickly we'll quickly touch on Sean's. It's a very silly pick. Yeah. Uh, he's gone with Hungary. Oh, that's yeah. stupid. That's a dumb that pick. That is just a man who does not know football. <laughs> oh, yep. go with yep. France. France is the winner. I've never heard of them. <laughs> he thinks it's 1954. Dark Hungary. Yeah. Hey, what is he going on? <laughs> Crack on. Who's Golden Boot Barney? What have we got? So we'll touch on Josh's first. So he's gone with Diego Jota. Yeah, so wow. just looking at uh, Portugal's obviously attacking options, they've got quite a few. And I just think... While a lot of the limelight's going to be on Ronaldo, and I think he'll probably play well, I just think the way Jota plays, and he, he sort of look always plays like he's got something to prove within the national team still, mm. which he probably does, to be fair. So he just his work rate is unreal. Anytime there's a cross into the box, if he's not crossing it, he's there on the end of it. So I just think he's just going to snag like a bunch of little tap-ins from like six-yard box crosses, and by the end of the tournament, you'll be like, oh, shit, you've got seven goals. All right, I'm, I'm going to – this blew my mind when I read it today. I was like – He's a little horse. But then, so you've got him to get the golden boot and then Ronaldo to get MVP. How does Ronaldo get the MVP without scoring a shitload of goals? Because he's, so he's not passing. Like anywhere near the 18 yard box, he's, the last thing on his mind is passing. Because, so if Jota, Jota's bagging the goals, I think Ronaldo will get a few, but he, he also carries that like big name factor where it's easier for them to give like a, a, a an MVP award to someone that's bigger in the media. Type thing, if you know what I mean. Yeah, the clutch goals. So yeah, so if they're getting close. The goals in shit times, getting the fifth against France. I yeah. Think, I, I think I know what you've done here, Josh. You've gone with Jota and Ronaldo to actually end up equaling on the golden boot. So then Jota technically still wins the golden boot and then Ronaldo can still win the MVP. So yeah. smart move, that one. <laughs> it's not going to come off though. <laughs> Jota, you've gone for Immobile. So yeah. why, why him? So Italy, the one problem is getting goals. Yep. That's all they've got. So my thinking is if I think Italy are going to win the tournament, Immobile's got to get the goals. He is world-class and he is deadly from the penalty spot. And in this VAR world we live in, Italy will get penalties, Immobile will take them, and Immobile will score them. So Good VAR theory. is confirmed for this tournament? I believe so, yeah. Better be. I'm not watching otherwise. <laughs> I'm just going to oh, – that's the only bits I'm going to watch, just the VAR. We won't have yeah. anything to talk about if they don't have VAR. I think that's, no. why, uh, that's why I was brought on to the podcast, wasn't it, specifically for VAR controversy? <laughs> it was between you or Dermot, so – Yeah, it was available. We yeah, we couldn't get him, so yeah. with you. Yeah, so I reckon, I reckon Immobile is going to get a bag because they're going to win the tournament on the back of his goals. Like Polo Rossi, 82. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it okay. makes sense. I thought with Italy that was also their issue. So outside of – like. I just didn't feel like they'd score enough goals for him to get a golden mm. boot. Like I feel like they're going to grind out a bunch of one nilers, yeah. but – yeah, it's a good point. He, he hasn't traditionally scored many goals on the national stage, but it is all set up for him to thrive. Yeah, he's a, he's an absolute beast at club <laughs> level for goals, like in a pretty average Lazio team. Yeah. So I think he'll do mm. well. So you've gone with, uh, I can't, who's that, Lukaku? 
Lukaku. As in the Manchester yeah. United reserve striker. <laughs> yeah. As the one who just won a title. Well, he's Manchester red hot, United isn't he? Win right now. He is yeah. I, I, I think, obviously, I'll pick Belgium to win. I think Lukaku's going to get golden boot, obviously, because they'll be playing the most games and they'll and he'll be scoring them all. I also think it's going to help him if that De Bruyne is out, of, out for a couple of games because he's going to be the focal point and he'll be getting fed everything. Even though De Bruyne would be setting him up for a lot, he'll the goal focus will be more on him because he's the big threat. So I think Lukaku scored more without De Bruyne in the team. And I mean, like you said, he's in the form of his life, just coming off with a title. Uh, he is looking the goods. And we'll Confidence dominate. would be high for sure. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And who's, wait, hang on. Who's Sean gone for? Oh, the bandwagoner himself, Harry Kane. Yeah. Jeez. That's not the worst shout though, to be fair. I think a lot of England's goals will come through that guy. Uh, Don't say Rashford. Don't say uh, Rashford. It was honestly, it was on the tip of my tongue. Yeah, <laughs> I'll jump in there. All right, so let's go to MVP, Barney. What do we got? So, uh, Jobby, you've gone with Bruno Fernandez. God, you just can't right. get him off your mind, can you? I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I they'll hate make, him. They'll make the final, it. and he'll be supplying Halsey's bloody goal scorer and MVP. Exactly. If there's, if there's anyone who could take it off Ronaldo and that Portuguese team, it'd be him. Yeah. He's the only one I could see it getting it over Ronaldo. He's in that position. He plays that position that they love to give like MVPs to, that like number 10, that assister, the goal scorer. I, ge- I genuinely am excited to see like what, because Bruno Fernandes is going to create chances. Like he always creates chances. And like with Ronaldo on the end of him, I, it just could be anything. Like it could be amazing. It's going to be interesting to see how he goes. I don't know how his dynamic fits into the national team, but as far as, you know, obviously he's sort of known this last year for kind of going missing on big occasions. So I wonder if that'll uh, translate over to the national team or whether, because it's a whole different team. I can see you want to say something there, Job. <laughs> he's wearing his Manchester United almost, jacket, yeah. so he's not going to be a bloody heart attack. That's <laughs> <laughs> one bad game in a whole year. Um, no, but it is. It's, it's interesting to see because obviously at Manchester United, he's the main man. Like, but he's not yeah. the main man here. Ronaldo's the main man. Doesn't have he's, to be. He's yeah. the coach. He's the GM. He's he's, he's the FA. <laughs> he's a power forward. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's whatever he wants to be. So I, I think it's like it could almost be refreshing for Fernandez in a sense because he's not the man. Yeah, like, and you're that's like, true. The thing is like he has to – he doesn't have to just perform in the big games. For me, it's just not he has to be the best player on the field or else everyone's like, oh, he's gone missing again. He's got to lift to a level yeah, to pull everyone up. his standard is yeah. so high. So I'm like this could be ideal for him to just be – the number two? Yep. Yeah. Good position. I think he's uh, looking good for it. So, Josh, you've gone for his counterpart, Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah, like I said, just sort of that that big name factor. He's going to have to – so, he, Ronaldo, I feel, will have to do 80% of what any other player – or a lot of other players would have to do to win MVP for him to win it. Yeah, I think. that's true. That, that was the main reason behind it. And I was trying to spread my predictions across a bunch of different countries too. You see, I've got Italy, England, Scotland, Jota. Not too many like <laughs> repetitive so nations like a, names. A, lot, a lot that won't, won't get, like, come up. <laughs> so, yeah, so, so <laughs> that, like, was, that was your if aim? One, if one doesn't get up, then the others might. Like, you got to get at least one, yeah. It's all or nothing. Okay. <laughs> yeah, talk I've, I've, uh, I've gone for Yuri Tielemans here. Bit of an outside pick. I think, very. again, a player who's in very good form. And I think... Again, with De Bruyne being out of the team, he'll be a bit more of a creative spark for that Belgium team and he'll be running things in the middle there and just feeding Lukaku and I think it could pay big dividends. And obviously, if they go deep in the tournament, he's going to be more and more in the limelight. And yeah, that's what I think. Yeah, I, I think that's a, that's a bold prediction. 
But uh, you've gone pretty heavy on Belgium there, which I wanted to. I wanted to go someone that was a bit. I didn't want to go like a predictable like Lukaku Golden Boot, Lukaku MVP. I want to go someone a bit, something a bit different, a bit more interesting. That's understandable. But yeah, there's, I think there's a, there's a bunch of guys in that Belgium team that could take it off him, but yeah, like, yeah, there there definitely is. I think for sure. Yeah, I was, I was trying to think of people outside Lukaku who else could win it in that team. I was like, oh, Carrasco maybe, but he's not. He's also not like the real like the. Uh, Highlight player of the team, mm. uh, maybe Mertens. Um, but I think if Mer- if De Bruyne is in, I think Mertens is out. Like, yeah, it's it's, it's yeah, it's a difficult one. To be honest, I don't, I don't mind yeah, Sean's. I don't think he's good at this MVP, stage. which is uh, N'Golo Kante. Oh, well done, Sean. You've opened up Twitter. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> after <laughs> the Champions League final. Hey, yep. And we've all said, look, it's overhyped. Like he's a defensive midfielder. Oh, Kante for bloody MVP. You'd love to see a defensive midfielder win it, especially a, a bloke as, as humble as Kante, but I don't necessarily see it happening. Has Sean ever watched football? Or is he, <laughs> he just, just, just he follow football on, on he Twitter? He turns on Twitter and starts throwing barbs. Um, all right, so let's move yeah. on. So this, this is the one that I think created probably the most controversy in the group outside of the Dark Horse rules, which were just silly. But um, no, 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 they're necessary. <laughs> so, Barney, talk us through this one, the implosion. So implosion, so a team that's going to be the biggest failure for the tournament. A good example of this would be Germany at the previous uh, World Cup where they had a massive implosion and, uh, yeah, just failed to even get out of their group. So uh, we'll start with Josh. He's going with Belgium. Yeah, suck shit. <laughs> so straight. So, nothing's so happened yet. There was a direct attack at you. <laughs> if, your one, if your one pick comes off for implosion, it ruins like three of mine. That was my main goal. But aside from that... I. Looking at, I sort of went to that list of, say, top, top six sort of teams and thought, I can't see the other one. I, th- I mean, because everyone was saying Germany. I thought, no, they've done their implosion. They did that. They've been there and they, they couldn't bottle it that badly to two tournaments in a row. So, I've ruled them out on that that regard. I thought Portugal, France, Italy and England are strong. My other one was maybe Spain. Yeah, I, I thought Spain as well and Jobbers picked them. So, yeah, Matt, what's, what's your reason behind? <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, good. The whole, the whole team has COVID. The Their under twenties like, look good, though. Yeah, they do. But like, I just feel like the team hasn't like it's in a like a weird uh, like pre-pubescent stage where they haven't quite moved on from the great team of the you know yeah. early two thousands. Iniesta, Zavi, David Villa, and we've got like a bunch of like sort of B-listers in there. Yeah, that are sort of square pegs and round holes, and then Marauders in there, and you're like, you, I don't feel like they're in between they're generations. That's they what that's that's they're, they are. Yeah. Their only strength though is that um, they, those guys still can keep the ball. That's like their thing. They if they can keep the ball off their opponents, I think they'll be similar to Italy in that fashion. They'll have like, but I I think what you're going to see is like um, press counter press type thing where like they they'll be able to hold the hold the ball, but that one critical mistake that someone makes will cost yeah. them the game. That's like, true, yeah. And I think they're not as good at – like people have sort of caught on to this style a little bit. Yeah, like, it is that, definitely the trendy yeah. tactic. And I'm like, well, I can see a bunch of errors back there because they don't have Ramos, they don't have PK. Like the game's changed a bit. And yeah. like um, I also think there's like a big reliance on Busquets too. He's just had COVID-19 and he's like, you know, one of your main men in the centre midfield. You could see them getting bossed by a lot of teams. Like yeah, teams definitely. that just come out and just like pressure yeah, shock and pressure physically, him. Yeah, yeah, like physically, physically dominant. Yeah. yeah. So do you, do you think that the the whole COVID uh, sort of pre uh, isolation thing might 
work somehow in their favor you know sometimes like mm. y- before like a big game or anything like that or any sort of game you can tend to over prepare as some of the other teams might be doing but if you just sort of come in out of nowhere you're not thinking about too much you're a bit more I light think, i guess i think for like someone like germany or england i think that that could happen where it's like yeah. a really emotive team or scotland where they're like oh look at all this adversity i feel like spain's not an emotive team nah like they're very mechanical and they'll go through the motion so like i don't think I think it's all bad for them. I reckon they're going to implode. Yeah, I could, yeah I could, I could, that was my second pick for implosion. Same I've, here. I've, I've uh, I like Sean have gone f- with Germany. I just think I know Josh. You said they had implosion last tournament. We all know about it, but I think it's just got it written all over it again. Yogi Lowe's last tournament. You think the boys will be getting up, but there are. Uh, I think they're going to yeah struggle, and they're in a very difficult group as well. So you could see it happening. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I could I could see them having a bit of an implosion. Yeah, yeah. Especially with a bit, a bit of pressure because they performed so poorly in the last one. Yeah, I just I just can't look past like that centre midfield combination of Kimmich and Goretzka and I just feel like there's two players in there who are just like no nonsense that just wouldn't let that shit happen. Kimmich is playing right mid, isn't he? I feel like, yeah, he's gone out to the right, oh, now. right, he's so right wing. He's playing right wing back, I think. They're playing Habits three at the back. Fine and- now. Like, Nabry's in there. Tony Cruz. Timo, Ver- Timo Werner lives offside, and with VAR, there's no way he's getting a goal I this tournament. I don't that guy, no. <laughs> uh, all, right. all right. So what else have we got? Yeah, let's move on to the, the interesting events, I guess. This is less event. controversial, but hopefully just all right. entertaining. Well, why, don't, why don't each of us read out our interesting event and then explain yeah, why? Yeah, elaborate. All right, start with me. So I've gone with at least one England player will be sent home for not following COVID restrictions. So what I'm relying on for there is history. Um, (laughs) Phil Foden's in the team, so there's a good chance it'll happen again. Phil Foden, amazing Greenwood, couldn't help himself last time. Jack Grealish. Yeah, Jack Grealish doesn't mind going for a drive with the Jeep and crashing it. Well, there are are a couple of Scandinavian teams in there, so there could be some Scandinavian supporters following. So Phil Foden, I'd be worried. Phil Foden, that guy's a haircut. My God, he's... Irresistible. Um, so, uh, and you just know the boys on tour. Like one of them we sent home. I got a feeling it's going to be someone not in the first team, but someone who should be in there, like your Grealish or yeah, folks. Yeah, so. particularly because it's a youngish team as well. They've got that oh, just, potential. You got to let them out, don't you? Like I, I yeah. can see, I can see John Stones doing something like that. Yeah. I don't know why. Just, just John Stones. He's got written all over his face. Yeah, yeah Southgate. So that's right. Sean's prediction next. Well, should, yeah, we, should we read that this out? Is a controversial one. Yeah, it kind of goes against my um. My hopes of, of Ronaldo getting MVP, but he's 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 put Ronaldo to go goalless for the entire tournament. I texted so, him and asked if that was an error, and he said yeah. no. Has, has that ever happened it. in history? Has that ever happened? Ronaldo go goalless in a tournament? He usually does the opposite. Is and that both that Cristiano means, and Brazilian yeah, I was Ronaldo? Any, any, any Ronaldo. Can't think of one. That means no penalties for, for Portugal. Bruno hit him. I, I, <laughs> I reckon Ronaldo pulls rank for sure. The only way this is happening is if Ronaldo gets double-footed in the first minute of the first game and he's out for the rest of the tournament. He's still bringing himself on if there's a late pen. Oh, we all uh, out there. Speaking of Portuguese people getting sent off, we'll move on to my prediction, which is that <laughs> Pepe will get won't make it out of the group stage because he'll. I've written down that he'll get uh, a red card due to an, an unnecessary professional foul. Now I've got that in quotation marks because it'll be one of those. It'll technically be a professional foul, but it'll be one of those ones where he's not read the situation quite right and he thinks he's saving the day by making a last man challenge or pulling someone's shirt off their their body as they go past. But you look at the replay and you're like, oh, you notice that there's there's two defenders that have got back and there was no need to do that foul, but he's still done <laughs> it. And he's in the it. forward line. Yeah. So, yeah. so like, so for our listeners, so it's like either biting or elbowing someone on a corner. 
Like one of those ones you just sort of misread it slightly. <laughs> or like he's two foot someone on the halfway line, but there was no, they weren't they weren't breaking away. There were still defenders behind. They were passing it back to the back line. <laughs> Haven't yeah. kicked off yet. <laughs> or like a handball type thing. Yeah, like an intentional handball. I think, I think he's milder in his older years. I haven't hit- he definitely is, but that's that's a, that's not a high he's, bar. He's more zen. Yeah. He's more zen. But all right, yeah. so I've I've uh, I've gone with more than one team will bring in their under twenty ones to fill in for COVID. Uh, you know, restrictions. So instructions. we saw entire instructions, squad. restrictions. Yeah, wh- yeah, whichever one. So uh, we obviously saw the Spain under twenty ones fill in for their their first team this week against who was it against Bulgaria? Was it Latvia? Latvia? Latvia. It was a I terrible it was Lithuania, team. Lithuania, to be honest. A Lithuania, oh, I think it was, and they were there. they were honking. But um, yeah. anyway, so I think that will happen twice in the tournament at least. To uh, two two other potential teams with these COVID bubbles, I don't think they'll uh, they'll hold up, and we will have two hundred twenty ones filling in. Do you want to go out on a limb and say who you think the other team will be? Mm. Uh, one will be England because Phil <laughs> Foden yeah. can't keep it in his pants. Absolutely, <laughs> that's libelous as well. <laughs> yeah, allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> and then oh, another team. Oh, Hungary. It'll be someone yeah, who loses their first it. two games and like can't qualify after that, and they'll be like, "Yeah, oh, bring in the twenty ones, yeah, bring so, in the twenties. Someone just goes out, goes out licking poles to try and get coronavirus, and then just has to put the whole team into restrictions. Bring in the twenty ones. Yeah. All right, so let's let's go on to a preview now, boys. So yeah, that's what we're first all waiting game, for. First game of the tournament, Barney. I know you're particularly excited about this one, um, and this is actually this would be quite popular if Melbourne was open as well. So we've got Turkey versus Italy. Who do you like in this one and why? Yeah, I've been studying this one in depth. So first, I'll get my, my prediction out of the way. I think it's going to go Italy's way, I reckon 2-1, I think, for this one. Um, these guys have only actually played each other eight times in their history um, and Turkey's really? never never beaten them. Yeah, it sounds about last, right. Last time they played was in 06 with a one-all draw. Um, they're obviously two teams that are very in very good form. Coming into the tournament, um, I think Italy's on like a twenty-seven game uh, unbeaten run, and yep. Turkey's on like a thirteen game unbeaten run. I think. Pretty good. Um, and Italy obviously had a perfect um, qualifying record as well, ten from ten. Um, so I'm actually more excited about how good a quality uh, both of these teams are coming into a tournament opener. It's not often you see two top teams play like this as a tournament opener. I think the last one was uh, France and like in. Average side, like an England look, or something. Yeah. Well, yeah, went, yeah. Out, went back and had a look at a few of them, and they were like not good games. But this is like two good teams coming in as a first game, which is a nice change of pace. Um, I think Italy going to keep lots of possession. Um, they got a lot of nice, creative, exciting players in that midfield as well with Barella, um, Verratti if he's not still injured, or possibly Locatelli, uh, and then Jorginho in behind them there. So it's a nice, nice midfield for Italy. Um, and they've also got a lot of talent coming off the bench. Um, you look at some of the players like Barati, Bellotti, uh, Bernadeschi, and they're even bringing in like uh, Chiellini if they need yeah, off the bench, no, which is no bad yeah. players. Yeah, yeah. And like you were saying earlier, Job, I think they, 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 the team knows they're starting eleven, and those players who are on the bench know they're going to be on the bench. But they, there's, there's a role for them to come on and change the game in a certain way. Um, 
in saying that, Turkey is still a very good team and they've got a lot of uh, tactical flexibility. Their coach likes to run through a mo- uh, few different formations, including the Mike Bassett special 4-4-2. <laughs> uh, as we've touched on, Yilmaz is looking in every good bit of form he ever has. Um, Chakin, Hakan Chingonglu, I think I've said that completely incorrectly. <laughs> we'll write, write that down. I, I was trying to mumble through it quickly to get, get past um, it. But, um, his, his set pieces could be so critical in this tournament, especially with the like, size of Yilmaz. That's what I was going to say. Like His set pieces and also he's just long shot as well. He's got a great mm. long shot on him. And he can play in a number of different positions, which allows that flexibility um, they want. Um, and I think three of the starting 11 actually all play together at Lille, which mm. is a nice that's pretty. Co- that's pretty big, yeah. Um, Probably only concern for them is their sort of reliance on Yilmaz. They haven't really got anyone good coming in behind him. They got Unal, but he hasn't had a great season at Getafe and he hasn't scored that many goals and he's not a that good a player. So if Yilmaz goes down, it could be could be bad for them. I think Cenk Tosin, who's meant to be their backup, uh, injured his patella in April, so he's out. He's also not very good. A bit thin up front. But he's yeah. better than Unal up front. But yeah. he, he's been a very threat. But, yeah, like I said, I think Italy's going to um, – Go through to, with the win two one, but a good game, I think. Yeah. Who are you tipping, Josh? Uh, yeah, no, I'll also go with Italy. Uh, I'm going to say two nil, but yeah, I think comfortably, comfortably win. A lot of possession, and it would probably be more than two, but I reckon they'll squander a few early chances because they're just getting their rhythm of finding the back of the net. But once they do, they'll be they'll be tough to stop. Yeah, I'm really excited about this game. Really yeah. excited. Mm. I think all those uh, reasons like Chiesa, Insigne, Immobile. Like that midfield, Jorginho, Verratti. Like you're going to see some football here. I do have one question. It's sort of more of an administration question. It says 5 a.m. As I noticed on Google, but on Optus Sport, it says 4 a.m. For when the coverage starts. I am not going to kick off at 5. Yeah, I am not oh, they'll, watching prob- the they'll probably have the opening ceremony as well. No, that's good. No, I just I didn't want to gap at 4 if it's going to be at 5. So that's good to confirm here on the podcast. Very professional. We'll move yeah. on to, I guess, <laughs> Wales and Switzerland quickly. Uh, yeah, so I, I got a feeling about this one. I got a feeling Wales are going to get spanned. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. there's so much of a reliance on Gareth Bale, and he's just not what he was. Like, no. I think if, you, if this game was four years ago, maybe. But I suppose the the thing is, they can sort of sit back and absorb the pressure. But I think Switzerland play like that as well. So, like, you can't yeah. both do that. And I think just Switzerland have more quality in their team. I think if you did like a, a FIFA player rating and averaged out the teams, Switzerland's would just be just above Wales because they're just consistent all the way through. Not great, not bad, very neutral. But they've got they've got players who can actually do a bit of damage too. Like you got Briel Mbolo um, from mm. watching Gladbach, and you got Shakiri as well. Like I know Shakiri's had like a bit of a tough time of it at He's Liverpool, but he always gets up though. for it. Yeah, he gets yeah, up yeah. for the Euros. He gets up for international tournaments. Like. So- Seferovic has been banging in goals left, right, and centre for Benfica for a couple of years now as well. Mm. Like he's a he's a decent striker. I think Wales just have a, like some big holes in their squad. Like you said, they were such a reliance on Gareth Bale. And yeah, this isn't Euros four years ago when they went on that good run and got to the quarters. Yeah. I think like mm. this is Gareth Bale <laughs> at the at the end of his career, and he's like hanging on for one last good run. Yeah. Um, and I think yeah, it could it could end very soon for Wales. I think. Yeah, so Switzerland to win this one for me, probably 3-1. Dan James will pinch one just on the break. (laughs) Yeah, you'd like that. Mm -hmm. No, I agree with the scoreline and the result, though, 100%. I'm going 3-0. I don't reckon Wales will get one. Let's, uh, I guess we'll move on to Denmark, Finland. Not not as tasty of an affair, but if I had... Derby. (laughs) Yeah, that's nice. Good to see. A lot of tall hair, like blonde-haired people. It's going to be great to see. But... uh, 
as far as football goes, I reckon Denmark's going to take this one. I think Denmark are a, a stronger team than maybe they get given credit for. They are number 10 in the world. There's Coca-Cola rankings. So yeah, yeah. Just putting it out there, do Denmark have the best centre-backs or the most understated centre-backs in the competition? So you've got Yannick Vestergaard, Simon Kier, and Andreas Christensen. Like, that's three pretty good centre-backs. They've got, they've oh, got yeah. good centre-backs. The only thing I worry about with Vestergaard is that everyone talks about how good a player he is, but he has made some really high-profile mistakes this year and has been on the back of some big drubbings in that Southampton side. Like, Yeah, but he's massive. I don't know. He's, he's yeah, huge. He's, for a lot. He's, he's in the Dan Burns of this world. But like, <laughs> I don't. I don't know if he's as good as what everyone thinks he is. But yeah, but even even outside of him, though, like uh, Anderson, Joachim Anderson, and uh, who else have they got? They got Christensen, Christensen, yeah, Kier. and then in front of them yeah, you've yeah. got Thomas Delaney, and you've also got um, Hoiberg. Yeah. Like and yeah, then Christian Eriksen in front of them. Like I know, like you start rattling off those names, and you're like, "This is actually a pretty good team." Yeah, yeah very, very solid defensively. Bit of a dark for horse. sure. Yeah, Ooh, I think so. And Yus- Yusuf Polson up front, like he's he's not he's fine, world class. Yeah, but he yeah. can do a job for you. And you've got yeah. those good players around them. Like I, I really think that when you said they're tenth, that surprised me a little bit. But I think they could actually do some damage. Yeah. What well, do you think? They'd be higher or lower than tenth? Lower. Yeah, oh, everyone. Yeah, I assume everyone would think that. But yeah, they're sort of sneaking into that that top ten. So that's world rankings too. So you got your South American teams in there as well. Mm. I think they're very much in the same level as as Switzerland. Maybe a touch better than Switzerland. Yeah, even. A touch but better, like, yeah, yeah, they're just like hard. To, like we like talked about the other day, like hard hard to break down, hard to beat, and have the ability to to sneak a few in there. Like with Ericsson just um, creating everything and then Poulsen on the end of some stuff, yeah, they can definitely nick a few. And especially against the Finland side who haven't got much to offer except maybe Timu Puki. Mm. Um, outside of him, there's not much else going for that Finland side. So I wouldn't see him even being able to convert one here against Denmark. So you're going to – yeah, you're picking Denmark then? I'd say Denmark. I reckon Denmark by a few, to be honest. Yeah, I'm going to go 4-0 Denmark. I reckon it's going to be a better game to watch than you'd think. It's a shame it's at 2 a.m. I will just maybe catch the highlights, but I reckon that would have been a decent one. So we'll go into probably something that's a bit more interesting for the average viewer. Was Belgium, Russia. Mm, so yeah. I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I'm going to say I think I think Belgium will get up in this one. Oh, risky! And I go, think going out on a limb. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's going to be like a three tour. I reckon <laughs> this is going to like really because obviously I picked Belgium to to sort of Fail. capitulate. I think they'll get this result, but they're going to struggle to get it, and and Russia's going to come at them and sort of rattle them, so and then they'll this just game collapse. Played? It's in Russia. I think it's at Krestovsky Stadium. Ooh, that's rough. I didn't know that. Yeah, I actually think this could be the the upset of the round. Gazprom yep. Arena. Yeah, I so think Russia, Russia, Russia. Yeah, Russia in Russia, and I feel like the whole Belgium thing without De Bruyne. Um, mm. I, I just feel like this has got an upset written all over it. I'm I'm going to go the other way. I you think, have to. Well, I, yeah, I was going to say I sort of have. I do have to. <laughs> yeah, they can't win I, the tournament for me. <laughs> yeah, I think I think Belgium could absolutely drop them. I think I think this could be like five two. I think I, this could be high scoring. Belgium just putting Russia to the sword. Like I said the other day, I think Russia. We have this to- tournament bias from Russia from the uh, the World Cup where they end on that great run. The home side, home side, but I, I don't see them being decent at all. I don't like, think they're a strong squad. I think they're they're sort of a, a bit of a battler squad too, though. So in in sort of a maybe yeah, but I reckon at, at home, I think like they can get up for it. And I think if Belgium 
don't get a good start, I think the pressure could start sort of really seeping through there. Yeah, see what Tillman's made of then. Yeah, if they're, if they're looking a bit flat creatively, it could definitely start to turn for him. Yeah, yeah I think if, if it's nil all after 30 minutes, honestly, I can see Russia winning this game. Yeah, definitely get up for that one. Mm. Uh, another one I'd stay up for is the England-Croatia game, which is on at 11 p.m. Lucky you've got the long weekend, so stay up on a school night, a Sunday <laughs> night. That'll be fine. And uh, I'm, I'm just straight up going England on this one. I think uh, quite comfortably, I reckon 3-0. I reckon they're getting off to a flying start, England, in the tournament. And then they'll start to slow down towards the end and, and then sort of peter out <laughs> right at the final. Peter out, penalty shootout in the semi. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What do you reckon, Barn? Yeah, I, this is going to be a cracking match. Um, I, I, still, I, I know people, I, I think Sean particularly was saying he's a bit worried about that Croatian midfield. I reckon that Croatian midfield is extremely well balanced. Mm. And like you got Brozovic holding, very solid player, again, coming off a great season with Inter. Um, Kovacic, who can we know can drive with the ball very well, and Modric, who can just spray passes left, right, and center and go back and retrieve it. And so, I think it's the midfield for them is key. Um, we know their back line's a little shaky, but if they can dominate the midfield, I think they're a good chance here to to um, get one past England. But I think this could end in a draw. I'm thinking like a one-all draw sort of thing. Yeah, I see. One. I see England just bypassing the midfield a lot, like. They've got a lot of sort of pacey wing-back, winger-type players in England. They can just sort of go around them or over them. Uh, but Got Steve Bruce in an assistant coach, have they? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I yeah, that midfield. I, I think I'm with you, Barney, but I think that Croatia midfield is high quality, which is really interesting because, as you said, they could skip the midfield. So you'd imagine Croatia's probably going to have more of the ball, but there's mm. certainly players who can create chances. And I'm a huge fan of Josip Brekolo. Like, I think if he's on, he could cause some real problems for that um, England left or right back, depending on what side he starts on. Mm. So I think there's some real problems there. And Perisic too is like – Yeah, he's He's a pesky. solid enough performer. Yeah, he seems to be real. he's one of those players who seems to be like quite effective without looking that good. Yeah, he runs weird, but he, he gets in there. Mm. A, lot of, a, lot of the, as well. a lot of these Croatian players as well seem to really turn up for their national team mm. also. Like mm, someone yeah. like, like Vida and Lovren, who the, like the – like the, the way they play their national team is like you just wish they played like that for their cl- if you they were in your yeah. club. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we might. Well, I guess so. We're all we're all pretty. Oh, I'm saying a draw. I, yeah, I'm saying a draw. Both draw. All right, I'll yeah, go yeah. England, and you guys go draw, and then we'll we'll quickly move on to the next match, which is it appropriately at two a.m. And we probably won't talk about this one too long. It's it's Austria North Macedonia. I think Austria are going to take this one. It's going to be a fairly underwhelming match overall, but they'll get out with like a 2 0 win and then that'll be it. Yep, I agree. Anatovic to score as well. All I want to yeah. see is just Goran Pandev with the armband. That's all I want to see out of Euros. I hope he wears it on top of his head to cover yeah, up that soul patch. I'll, I'll, I, really, <laughs> I really want him to uh, get on the end of an Alioski cross where he's just run 90 metres to get the ball and then whip one in and then. Pandev on the end, and that will just make the tournament for me. That'll be fine. But yeah, I, I even so, if North Macedonia score, I still think Austria could. I, I'm really excited to see, like, because this is a big deal for North Macedonia. Like, I know it's yeah. not a massive game in the scheme of things, and as you said, it's probably probably the worst game that we're looking at now. But like, this is their first tournament as a nation. Mm. Like, that's so bloody exciting. Like, yeah, yeah. And just to see them, like, they'll be absolutely up for this. They'll have a great time regardless. Yeah, exactly. And, like, there, there's probably a gap in quality there. Like, you've got players like Alaba and Arnautovic in there. Mm. But 
like it's just so exciting for North Macedonia, and I really love seeing teams like this. And like, even if they get like the slightest thing go for them, like everyone builds on that. Yeah, it's awesome. Like, they score their that first goal, the and that'll yeah. be it. Yeah, yeah, a, then, like a goal is a massive achievement, and if they score yeah. a goal, you'll just see them like all running over in the corner. And like, I know people are so excited about like the data of football, but this is this for me is like one of those beauty of football things. Yeah. Well, you'll see that moment and you'll just be like, oh, holy shit, how good is Like this? Australia in 2006 World Cup when we qualified. And yeah. Well, yeah, it is. But like, and you, saw, you saw Tim Cahill's goal and like everyone's yeah. in the corner. Like everyone in the nation's jumping at each other. Like yeah. that for North Macedonia. Like I can't help but feel slightly excited. If they get a goal, I'm going to be with them. I'll be like, how good is this? They've got yeah. a population of 2.1 million Jeez. as a country. That's pretty insane. And half yeah. of them are related to Goran Pandev. <laughs> and still better than a soccer. He's, he is the breeder. He is. Yeah. But like, I, I'm genuinely excited for him and really happy that they're in the tournament. Like I, think yeah, I, 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 I love having teams like that in the tournament. Who like and probably more so than like a Hungary, who I feel like could just get rolled over in their group, especially. But like you feel like North Macedonia could potentially pull some points off a few teams here. Mm. So it's exciting. Yeah. Austria good. might be one of them if they yeah if they yeah, can. Definitely. If there's going to be any team, I think Austria for sure. Yeah. All right, well then let's let's look at the last uh, match for this match day round that we're going to be previewing, and that's the Netherlands versus Ukraine versus Inchenko's Ukraine. So which Netherlands are we getting here, boys? Are we getting the world football team or are we getting the imploding Dutch notorious arrogance you're, you're where one is going to have an absolute... You're, you're getting Frank de Boer, Crystal Palace-esque Netherlands <laughs> here. <laughs> I don't like. I saw that their last friendly game. Um, Depay was captain. I don't like that at all. That they'll they'll they won't do well if he's captain. <laughs> Bit of a he, grudge he, there. No, he just sort of is that like that sort of arrogant sort of type player a bit. I think I find so. I don't think having him as a leader on the field is necessarily going to bode well for the rest of the team's uh, behavior. Really? I don't know yeah. what you guys think? I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm just being harsh to judge that guy, but yeah, he might be one of those players who's looked at like really well by his fellow players but he, like in the public eye no one he's like yeah like a, a harry Maguire. lightning rod yeah <laughs> like <laughs> harry Maguire. Um, only when he's punching greeks <laughs> allegedly <laughs> I, I i don't know I, I kind of agree with you in that sense like it's i think um i thought genie genie wine was captain in Vendor he might Saturdays. not have played in the yeah so he didn't play i think genie in that he was that match, so that been why. <laughs> he had a bag of cash to worry about yeah exactly he's spending money but there, there should be enough good players in this team, surely, to There should be. Yeah, you, yeah. Yeah. I so, actually think that Ukraine will win this. Really? They have had a really good qualifying campaign. They've, like like you were saying the other day, Sean, they got uh, – Sean, jeez, Josh. The, uh, they were um, – they're looking really good. They got like Shevchenko at the helm who's like a like a like just a hero for that country. I think Ukraine will get out of this group, and I think they may even top it. So I'm betting top them it. in for for a win here against the Netherlands. I think they've got it in them to beat them. Run me through who's in that group again, real quick. Is Netherlands, Ukraine? Are they with um, Austria and North Macedonia? Yeah, uh, I think so. is that right? Yeah, yeah, because Scotland, Czech Republic are with England, Croatia. So uh, the, okay. the other thing that undermines Netherlands for me and makes me sort of tend to agree with Barney is um. Like, I'm just not comfortable with the defense and goalkeeper. So they lost Jasper Sillison to COVID-19. So they have, I think... It's Tim, it's Tim Cruel and Tim Cruel Cruel who they've got to pick between. That's Tim yeah. Cruel for sure, Plus, yeah. you're missing Van Dyke. Like, you know, probably the best defender in the world, if not in the top He'd couple. He'd be their best player. 
Yeah, yeah. and he, like, he, and he's such he's as like the point you alluded to earlier, where he's like a massive leader as well. Yeah. Mm. Plus, I, I think they have for the big teams, they have the worst manager in the tournament. Yeah, it seems like not good timing for them. Almost. No, no so Frank the Dubois struggled at struggled at Inter, struggled at Crystal Palace, and then went to Atlanta United. Yeah, yeah. The only team he was good at was Ajax. Yeah, which like, and that's a club where it's all set up already for you. Yeah. If you're if you're not success if you're not successful at Ajax or like a, been, a Dutch club, like yeah. you as a Dutch as a big if Dutch player like that, you, it's he's it's been worry. at Ajax for his whole junior career. Like you should be able to jump into that. That four three three hasn't changed since you know Johan Cruyff was running around. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like mm. you, you know that system, you should succeed. And they've yeah, had yeah. like players come through, like um, Danny Blind and all that coach as well, and do a good job. I genuinely think they could really crash and fall here. And I was tossing up between them and Spain as to who was going to have the most spectacular crash. I don't think it's as big a spectacular crash for Netherlands because they're not that good. They've, they, haven't been good be. they haven't been good for a while. So, like, yeah, Spain, like, you still see them as a big team. Mm. I don't think you see Netherlands as a big team still. And, like, they've been to a few finals, but they've never won a major tournament. And they've, they've, um, they're, they're sort of like, like, they've had lots of good teams, but never been able to win. Yeah. So I think it's 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 you, you sort of you can't put them in that top tier and think of them that well because they, they have never won one and they haven't been good recently. So it's it's hard to think it's going to be if they don't make it out of the group. Like if they don't make it out of that group, it would be a big disappointment for them. But like, yeah, you I, also I see don't that see, happening. Yeah. I don't see them going far. Yeah, they'll be just par for the course for what you sort of expect. It's just not their time at the moment, yeah. it seems, with, with injuries. With and Donny van der Beek out. Yeah. yeah. Did he make the squad? Is he going? He he's, did, in yeah. the, he's in the squad, did, but yeah. Oli got in De Boer's ear and he's like, he's not coming on, mate. <laughs> Doesn't play all year and then gets if, injured. If you put him on before the 81st minute, I will slap you. Yeah. 81st? He's slap. not ready for nine minutes. Ask Solskjaer where he plays best and he's, so he's going, oh, yeah, just chuck him on the bench, mate. Do your wonders there. <laughs> Leave him on the bus. Plays, he plays best at third sub. You'll get runners up. <laughs> all right, so that's yeah, all well, the time uh, for, boys. Yeah, perfect timing. Just gone over an hour. That's perfect. I think so, uh, we'll we'll be back Monday with with a review. I think the review is going to be fantastic. I'm really looking forward to those, to talking about some actual football we've watched. Yeah, and this, then preview this, the next round. This felt a lot smoother. Um, yeah. just, I don't know why. Transitioning know. between, yeah, you know, much well, more flow, <laughs> chemistry. The normal, yeah, the normal hatred I feel just wasn't there. Who, um, who, who could make it to this show? Who was it? I don't know. Um, <laughs> Actually, just before, just before we yeah. go, I have got a quick multi. Oh, of course. Like oh, go on. Lay it on so, me. So, all right. Just a four-legger for this these matches we just previewed. Um, I've gone... Trying to go on for a bit of a guaranteed win for us here, so good call. I'll uh, yeah, I'll, I'll let you know what we get. So North Macedonia, who next? First, first leg, Italy to beat Turkey. Yeah, good call. Tick. Uh, second leg, Switzerland to beat Wales. I think that's a no-brainer. All right. Actually, got a bit of value in it though, which is nice. Yeah, I think because reason. Wales are at home. Yep. Uh, third leg, Denmark to beat Finland. Yep, good call. And fourth leg, Belgium to beat Russia. Yeah, I, yeah, okay. I, I like. I don't mind that because I think we wanted. We said well, let's just go fairly safe to start off with, and then get riskier as the tournament goes. So what's what's that paying? So ten dollar dues on that one will give you seventy five twenty one, 
uh, as a return. So not huge returns, but a bit safe we're playing it. But if you want to power play that one, you get eighty seven forty back. So so I assume when, power play on it. when we win that, the next multi we put on a Monday will be uh, will be all that entire seventy five dollars. Eighty seven forty put straight onto Times Belgium four. to win the tournament. Yeah, <laughs> perfect. <laughs> All right, so if you want to get in touch Fantastic. with us, email at footballplayedonpaper at gmail.com, Facebook, Football Played on Paper, Instagram at Football on Paper, and Twitter at Football on Pods. All right. Thanks, guys. That's it. All the best. Yeah. Go Scotland. <laughs>